Welcome to the Ladies Power Lunch Podcast with Dr. Davia Shepard, a resource for women in business, presenting a wide range of topics exploring professional growth and personal development. And now, Dr. Davia Shepard. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ladies Power Lunch. Thank you so much for joining us. Really excited today because we continue our series of money mindset conversations. But here's the deal, guys. Today, we're taking this conversation from a whole new direction. And Naomi, she's going to be the one guiding us through this conversation. I am excited to be here because we have been talking for the past couple of weeks about money and mindset. And, you know, it's interesting because we've been working a lot in the group, in our Ladies Power Lunch group, about things that we can do to grow our businesses. But growing our businesses cannot happen in a vacuum. We need to also make sure that our finances are in order and that the way that we think about money is appropriate so that we can be more abundant. And so I would like to ask you, Naomi, can you share with us when it comes to this whole idea of money mindset, what is your take? The money mindset has been a challenge for me in my business, but now I look at it, I really look at it in a whole different way. I was a teacher for 35 years. So my money mindset was very static. You know, I had my salary and everything was equal. And then I moved into this business world. In my teaching career, my value was basically given to me by my employer. So I had to really work through this whole, what is my value? How much can I charge? Oh my gosh, what are my thoughts? And for quite a long time, they just all floated around in there. And it was really hard for me to believe the things that people were telling me, right, about my value and all of that. So now I look at it from a mental fitness point of view. That whole operating system of mental fitness means that I know that I have voices of judge and saboteurs. My saboteurs are the pleaser and the avoider. So you can imagine that my avoidance of dealing with money in my business was really high. And being a pleaser, my avoidance, you know, because I was a pleaser. Well, I'm here to help people. I'm here to serve, right? So I look at it and I, 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 I think about it in a whole different way now. <clears throat> so when I think about money, whether it's how much I want to charge, how much I want to earn, thinking about a workshop, the value of what I do, I honestly end up starting from what I'm going to call like a saboteur statement. And I let myself go there to that negative. I pulled out a few of mine because I, I've done this work over and over. And one of my biggest fears was, you know, I know I've had a ton of training and I've done a ton of work and I'm a credentialed coach, but I want people to take advantage. And what if it's just too expensive and people can't afford what I'm charging? So I used to get stuck there, right? So that was my money mindset. And now I know right away, and if you will um, indulge me, I know that that's like my judge and that's my pleaser. So I need to take a moment and I need to shift out of that. So I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to close my eyes. I mean, we could do it for 10 seconds, 15 seconds together. So my biggest awareness is 
I know where I am right now. And those are the voice of the judge and the saboteurs and they're lying to me. So I'm going to take a beat and breathe. So if you want to breathe with me for a minute or a 30 seconds, we can do it with our eyes open. I love this because if I'm in that negative mind space, I can get out of it while I'm in a meeting, while I'm on a webinar, while I'm on Facebook. So what I might do in this case is think about sensations. Now, I might not do this in front of everybody if I'm in a meeting, but I'm going to give myself a few seconds and rub my hands together and just really feel the sensations of one hand on the other. And as I'm talking, I'm going to also focus on something in front of me visually. And I'm going to really focus on the texture and color and how big or how small. And I'm going to take another few seconds and focus on sound, like really intently notice, even as I speak, what's the sound that I can hear that's the farthest away? And what's the sound that's the closest? And the closest sound and sensation might be the beating of my heart <laughs> or the sound of myself breathing. So when it comes to money mindset in my business, I want to kind of go there to those, those negative statements. And now I don't know about you, but I feel like my brain is in a whole different place. So if I go back to, it's too expensive, people can't afford it. And I take a beat, I want to reframe that from an innovative, like from a place of exploration. And the way that I'm going to reframe it is to believe and think, well, people can always afford what they value. People can always afford what they really want and need. So I'm going to put that other thought away and put this sage money mindset thought in my plus column. Another negative thought that I've had, I don't know about you, is if I ask for this much, you know, in time, they won't commit. How can I ask for a four-month program or a six-month program? I need to go session by session. And that used to be my mindset. So that's part of my money mindset. And I go into that. Okay. Just, just think for a minute. Well, I also know that people who are ready to move forward always find the time to do it. So I can kind of go on and on with examples. My biggest one was, if I'm cheaper than other people, they're going to choose me. And again, I can almost feel that in my body like that. That feels bad. But I need to reframe it. So when I show up as complete and in abundance, I'm going to attract those clients who want abundance. So it's just that, that whole reframing, right? And when I start to think the negative thought, like that my rate is too high, I kind of have a fill in the blank for myself. Whenever I start to think blank, like people aren't going to choose me because there are so many other coaches, people aren't going to choose me because my fee is too high. My fill in the blank is, I know this is not true because what is true is, and I make myself go there. 
So I know what is true is my true client, the person that I am supposed to work with, that's supposed to work with me, will always see the value in the connection and the relationship and what they want and need. And they will always allocate for their own growth. It's such a different place to be, right? And I know because of my whole concept and operating system of saboteur and judge and sage that I need to just be really careful about my energy and where I am. And it's okay to have the negative statements, but I always talk about like, you know, is pain good for you? Yeah, because pain, you need to know, like take your hand off the hot stove, right? Dina knows I say that all the time, but it needs to be on the hot stove for a second. So I need to be in the, so those saboteur statement for a second. And then I need to intercept it, get centered and move. Because otherwise we just spin and spin and spin. Very, very enlightening. I like the the idea of the pattern interrupt that you suggest with Mm -hmm. taking the deep breaths and rubbing the hands together and focusing on an object and listening to sounds far and near. That's really a good way to interrupt the way that the mind can spin and spin very often. You know, a lot of people struggle with pricing in a way that you have in the past, Naomi. So I think it's really valuable that you are sharing this information with us. And I know that, like you said, your value has had been set. And we all know, everybody knows, teachers are perhaps the most undervalued resource in our communities, most undervalued. So you've spent a lifetime being undervalued and now transitioning into this area of being a life transition coach, it's a totally different ballgame. Now you have to determine your own worth and your own price. And I feel like this is something that a lot of people struggle with, you know, Mm -hmm. asking themselves those questions like, will somebody want to pay me? Is my price too high? Are they going to choose the person who's charging less? And I love the way that you get into the emotion, because I feel like one of the big problems that we face is learning this emotional bypassing, where we try to really avoid anything that is negative with this overt and perhaps even detrimental positivity, but actually acknowledging that, yes, I feel this way. I think that's beneficial. So I really applaud you for bringing this to the fore. I really also appreciate that this is not where you want to live. You want to acknowledge it and then you want to move into the new statements that you're able to make. So that all feels very, very aligned and very, very true and good for me. When you're working with your clients on money mindset, what's the number one thing that you notice that people seem to kind of have a hang up about maybe something that if you could just poke it into our brains, maybe we would take it and just live such a better life. It comes up at times and it's always about, um, and I'm sure that we've all thought about this. It always comes from, you know, there's either lack or abundance. There's either limit or limitless. 
So that idea of asking for a raise or charging for entrepreneurs, charging what you're worth, one of the biggest issues that comes up is, but this is my passion and I want to serve. That's the big one. We're all in that same, like, I want to serve. I want to be out there. I want to be accessible. So one of the things I'll talk to about it from my point of view of accessibility and learning is that there's sort of these two pieces, right? Of course, yeah, I want to serve and I want to give, but I have a business and I have a lot of value. So what if you separated those two? You know, for some people that, that giving, right? That's one thing. I can do that as an aside piece of my business. So I ask people questions sometimes around that. What if your giving came from your own self and not your business? Or it was, you know, like I'm going to connect myself with a nonprofit every year. I'm going to go to my to ICF Connecticut and we're going to be giving free coaching, you know, complimentary in this and this way. I can do that as much as I want. But what if you separated it? How does that make you feel? So that's like one thing that comes up. I don't necessarily tell them that, but I might ask that question. What if that wasn't part of your business? Because a business is a business. Another thing that comes up is around value is what if you took a few minutes and listed like all the things that are magnificent about you, right? And, and people are kind of like, well, you know, why do you want me to do that, right? So set a timer, like five to 10 minutes, right? And brainstorm everything about your brilliance. Now, when people have a list of that, I know I did it for myself. I was kind of like, whoa. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff on here. Okay. And what, and taking the outside perspective, what would you tell me or what would you tell your best friend who had this list of brilliance? And again, I have to make sure that when I'm talking, that I'm not talking to your saboteur. That's really big. Cause if I am, you're just going to answer as your saboteur. Well, you know, so again, wow. So if I was teacher of the year and I have an advanced coaching degree and I'm a professional in this and that, what would you tell your friend that had the same, you know, brilliance? I'd tell them to charge their value. Their value is like incredible. So going at it from that sort of point of view, let's sort of explore this. That's the explore power too. I love both of those. I think that sometimes in the group, we have a prompt where we ask our members in the Ladies Power Lunch group to post in this post five things that are amazing about you. Mm-hmm. And people struggle with that prompt so much. And I'll see comments popping up like, I'm finding this difficult to do. I think that we as a culture have perhaps been taught that recognizing our value Mm -hmm. is actually a negative thing. Have you found that with your clients at all? Oh, yeah. It's sometimes very hard. And, you know, I do a lot of self-discovery. That's the foundation of, of coaching. And sometimes part of the exercise, especially like the mini exercise, is what would others say about you if they were talking about the things that you were so good at? And not just good at, but the things you do with ease and flow. And I do push it a little bit, you know, like 
Think about your family. What would your kids say? What would your coworkers say? What would your teammates say? What would your family, oh, well, they would say a few things. It's really hard. I mean, it was hard for me. So I give people parameters and this is something that I can offer, you know, to other people too. Like there's a lot of things that you can include here, right? Like you can include skills and talents and people say, well, I don't know what they are. Okay, positions you've held articles and books you've written, degrees, schooling, courses you've taken. Okay, so I can start with the concrete. Oh, well, I've got some of those trainings, awards, and then moving towards, okay, what other people value about you? And then it's easier to come out. But it's also like, take that outside perspective. Listen, you were on a team, think of an accomplishment that you did that you were so proud of as, as a team or an individual. Bill, you talked about being a caregiver. I was in the same position. I was not a hands-on caregiver, but I managed my parents' health for a good 10 years, right? I was still teaching uh, for a good part of that. And I, I, when I finished all of that and moved into my coaching, I didn't value any of that. None of that was on my list until someone else, a coach, said to me years later, let's look at that, those years. You know, what were the brilliant things you did? Look back, you know, and then I could say, I managed to work and do this at the same time, you know, like, and so what was brilliant about you around that? I knew when to ask for help. You know, that's on my list. All of that. Yeah, it's really hard. Sometimes people get emotional too when I lead them through even that short exercise because they feel like they have nothing to put on the list. But that's why I'm here. You're going to find a lot of things. I just need to get you into your sage again. Because again, that's your judge saying, who are you? What do you have on your list? You know? So this is me. You know, I'm always flicking them off my shoulder, right? Take a hike. <laughs> It's, it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned flicking him off your shoulder. And I think that there, there, ha there has to be maybe a, a technique or a way of stopping yourself, like identifying when you've been taken over, basically, yeah. and pulling back into that place of being a sage. When your clients are asking you for additional tools to really stay on top of that, what would your go-to recommendations be? With my one-on-one, -on -one, they know that I'm not going to tell them what to do or how to do it. But those are the clients who are coming with me, but I'm going to help them figure that out. The tool that I use is going back to their strengths their core strengths, not just the things they're good at. So for me, I was a special ed teacher. I was really good at writing educational evals. It's absolutely not a core strength. It's something I had to teach myself to do. I am good at being holistic, right? So one of the tools is, okay, if you think you're in judge and saboteur, that's because you have these incredible strengths and they're being overused. Let's go back. So that's one of the things. What are your strengths? Are you an analytical? Are you empathic? Are you um, incredibly good at analyzing? Okay, let's take that tool, but not in the overuse abused category. Oh my gosh, I'm such a pleaser. I can't charge money into a like sage category, right? So that's one of the tools. 
Um, one of the other one of the other tools is just what kind of energy are you in now? That's almost the biggest tool that I use with clients. I love that one. Say it that way, but you know, if I'm working with somebody and they know my vocabulary, I'm going to say, um, what kind of energy are you feeling right now? Are you feeling saboteur or sage? Or do you not know? Would it support you to know? Yes. Rhetorical question, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it all comes from. I want to say something that you mentioned earlier, Naomi, that I meant to jump on to, but we've been talking around it. You mentioned offering services for free to the coaching association here in Connecticut. And that's one of the things that I think as entrepreneurs, especially service providers, Mm -hmm. that we can really take advantage of if we really do feel that need to give back to the community and offer something to people who are unable to meet the price point that we have established. There is always a way to basically give back to the community. I mean, Ladies Power Lunch has developed a fund to support women in business who have need. So no matter whether we charge for things or things are free, there's always an opportunity for women who are in business, who Mm -hmm. are in need to be supported. So that never, ever has to enter into the equation. And I love that you raised that, Naomi. Yeah. I think that I hear that a lot and I heard that and I was there kind of on my journey and um, sort of understanding and learning this from someone that these are, these are separate things that are happening. And the other piece that I talk to about clients, it's almost like a tool or an insight. When I have an energy of undervaluing in one portion of my life, I am undervaluing in all portions of my life. Yes, how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? And that yes. and that awareness, because I, I for a long time said, no, no, this is just in this one little piece of the pie. But the more that I became open and honest, well, no, it's seeping into everything else. So if I don't want it to seep into every single other piece of my pie, I need to be honest with myself about this. This is such great information. I'm so happy that you joined us today. Naomi Rafalowitz, can you give us your website, please? Yes, it's mindspiritcoaching.com. And to contact me, it's just, you can go to the contact page or mindspiritcoaching.com forward slash contact forward slash. There's a little form there. Okay. All right. So... Tell me what you want. I really look forward to having you back on the show yet again. I think you're just going to be a regular, Naomi. I'm just going to put you on the panel and we'll just have you because every time you come on the show, you really do share with us great insights and we so appreciate it. Thank you. I know I'm going to be rubbing my hands together and looking, focusing on the object and listening. I'm going to be doing all of these things and I'm going to definitely Mm -hmm. be flicking that saboteur off my shoulder. I invite you all, if you're catching this on YouTube, or if you are listening to the podcast, head on over and join our Facebook group. Ladies Power Lunch is where you will find us. 
Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at our website, www.ladiespowerlunch.com. And find us on YouTube at youtube.ladiespowerlunch.com. This is a production of the LPL Podcast Network.